The summer transfer window ended yesterday. Some signings were predictable, others surprising. Some players may kick on while others struggle and fail to impress in their new roles. Interestingly, many players may begin to flourish in their familiar settings and shock their doubters. Today on the Soccer Open, I'm your host, Marcel Akame, and I'm joined by Josh Reynolds. Howdy. And guest, Scotty Bassett, who I anticipate will frequently appear on future podcasts. Scotty, please provide our listeners with a quick introduction. Oh, I hope so. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be among <laughs> gentlemen and scholars. I, what what can I say? I, I know you guys from our very serious co-ed soccer team. Very serious, that's right. Very serious. <laughs> yeah, excited to have you, dude. Um, but all right, with that squared away, Please stay with us as we discuss our top 10 transfers of the summer transfer window. Of course, beginning with the 10th best transfer of the window and going up from there. At number 10, we have Tomiyasu to Arsenal for 23 million euros. Hmm. I think this is a very, very good transfer. Let's listen to me, guys. Okay. <laughs> Arsenal, the defense, been very old for a very long time. And in this transfer window, they've 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 changed so many so many people back there. Um they have Ramsdale at goalkeeper now. Um they have Ben White at center back at, on the right and they have Gabriel who's been there for about a year now um on the left center back position. And you know with, with this transfer they have a right back that can, you know, be a solid rock at the back that can defend, um, make sure that right side of the of the of their of their team isn't you know completely ran through all the time every game like they con- constantly are. Um, and this player, he's really good, man. He played for Bologna and um, he you know is two footed, can can use his left just as well as his right. Um, you know, passing range is really good, and I think that with the signing, they um, have kind of shown that Arteta is really really sh- like you know putting his stamp on the way he, this, he wants his team to play, at least with the players. Um, zero points. You know, everyone. Zero <laughs> points in, in three games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that's a true, stamp. <laughs> but, you know, so far they have not had their starting um, back line whatsoever, right? Gabriel has been injured. Ben White has played one game. Um, he didn't play the last game that, you know, they, they lost horribly. Shout out to um, COVID. We will talk about that. <laughs> For real. Um and, you know, I think that with this signing, they've completely changed the face of that defense, that back line. It's going to be good, and you're going to see um, a, a much more solid team. What do y'all think? I like I, it. I like it. Uh, I'll go ahead first, Scotty, because I'm on the show <laughs> full-time. Um, <laughs> brutal, brutal. Yes! Those are shots I like. Anyway, uh, as the resident quasi-Arsenal supporter, since my team's out in the Prem, the Arsenal's defense has just been awful for a while, um, and it's just like they kind of just act like clowns. Like they just genuinely don't look like they know how to defend. <laughs> so going out and signing Ben White uh-huh. to partner with Gabriel was good because Ben White is good with the ball. Uh, Gabriel can win the headers, and Tamayasu being two footed and still being pretty tall. I think he's like six two or six three. Like he's a force out there. He's relatively quick, so some of the quick wingers might give him trouble, but. Um, I think he's more there to help distribute and move the ball up because before with Bayerine when he was fit or Cedric who they signed from Southampton like they just would get cornered and then lose the ball so this at least gives them an option to move the ball up on the right side and try to like help the midfield 
just progress up the field a little bit better. So I think it's I think it's good business, especially for that price. So we'll see if it makes a difference and maybe they can uh, keep a clean sheet. That would be that'd be nice. Yeah, dude, I, I, I really see the signing as um, really, really strong as well. And, and honestly, as you were talking about that, I was thinking about um, a player that he somewhat plays like, and that's um, uh, Benjamin Pavard in um, the French national team and, and, and for Bayern. Like he, he's not a right back that bombs up the pitch. He's a right back that kind of combines with the other two center backs to form a back three as the you know left back in, in, in Bayern's case, Alfonso Davies pushes up um, and has more license to push forward and um, in this in this team, I can really see, um, you know, uh, what's what's their left back's name? I completely lost his name. Kieran Tierney. Uh, Tierney. Yeah. yeah, Kieran Tierney. Yeah, I can see him just completely having license to push forward and kind of um, put a lot of those crosses in and, and, and push up from the left. Um, but we will go on to number nine. Um, and Scotty, please please tell us about our, our ninth best transfer the summer transfer window. I might have to check with Josh and make sure I'm allowed to talk now. <laughs> I'll allow it. Just, I just I couldn't pass up an opportunity to to give Marcel a hard time about Ben White. We had to fight tooth and nail to get Ben White off the top ten list. Not because he's not a great player, but because they paid a criminal fee for the young lad. Memphis. Oh, we'll see about that. I'm fired up about Memphis. I'm a big time <laughs> Barcelona fan. I grew up in South Louisiana where the only soccer on television was on I think it was was it Univision at the time? There was one channel and the only games mm-hmm. it showed was we're La Liga, and I grew up watching Ronaldinho. It was a treasure. Uh, Memphis is an awesome player. He fits the bill. He showed up in his very first game yelling English. He doesn't speak a word of Spanish. He's yelling English <laughs> at center backs in La Liga. He's throwing elbows. Yeah. He's trying to chip keepers from deep. He did a, a beautiful Neymar-esque flick uh, it, about six minutes into his first start. He's getting in on the goals, too. He's got at least one goal involvement per game so far. He's strong. He can play that number nine role. This is a great, great signing. They got him for free. Yeah, and, it's... and he looks good too. I, I know I always give old, <laughs> old boy Firmino a hard time for those ridiculous Mr. Potato Head dentures, but uh, oh my lord, leave my man! Mem- Memphis got the teeth just right. He did. Yeah, <laughs> I, he definitely be top of the list if we were doing this just based on like drip and attractiveness. This, like he, yeah. he's a very, very good. Oh, for man. real. Uh, and I think he just. And have, you, have y'all seen his, his music videos? Sorry, that's completely out of left field. <laughs> but he has some like rap music videos on YouTube. Um, you should watch it because that man, multi talented, multi talented. <laughs> I, I, I do think this is good business. I think Barcelona need a talisman, especially now that they've sold a lot of people. And obviously, Messi left for free and they let Griezmann out on loan. Um, Memphis is going to help, like carry this team when they need somebody to carry them because before they were pretty good at like progressing the ball and things like that but there's always that point where they're like oh we have Messi we can just get him the ball and now Memphis can kind of like pick up the torch a little bit and help especially as they kind of like rejuvenate and incorporate a bunch of young players so I think this is really 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 good business it flowed too much yeah through Messi so, sorry, Marcel. it flowed, it flowed no, too fine. much through Messi and Memphis makes runs he points he says where he wants the ball that's exciting. I just wanted to. I just wanted to ask somebody. Will someone say for the record for the people how much they paid for him? Free transfer. Free transfer. We we know. We it, know. But I mean, it, I think this is a great transfer. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of Barcelona. Um, you know, just I, I think I think that the 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 dislike kind of started with Coutinho, 
Now I'm glad he took him from us, but at the time, you know, it was not. Um, but I think this is a good transfer, and, and I think that, um, you know, I, what's the record so far with Barcelona? I think that most of their starting front line has been injured. Dembele's been injured. Fati's been injured. Um, you know, Messi's gone. So up top, it's just been Memphis, and he's been somewhat carrying this team um, for the first couple of games of the season. So um, I could really see him kind of being a top scorer in the, in, in the La Liga. If, 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 if he has a good season, I think Barcelona will have a good season, that's for sure. Seven, seven points from three games. Started, uh, there, was a, there was a tie away at Bilbao. Inyaki Williams made Eric Garcia look like a child. It was a, it was a tough, <laughs> tough game to watch. Happy to take, take a yeah. point away from that. It is a good start to the season. Yeah. And Memphis is going to be a great, great move for the money. Yeah, um, and uh, you know we'll go on to the next players. Josh, could you you know kick us off with the eighth best player? Yeah, so we have Saul. Um, he is a center mid, and he moved from Atletico Madrid to Chelsea. Um, and he's a very interesting player. He exploded onto the scene right after Atleti won La Liga. What was it like six or seven years ago? the first title under Simeone and he's a youth product and he just seemed like he could do it all. Like he's, he, he was young. He would fly into tackles, but not get red cards like Granit Xhaka. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, <laughs> Unlike, he could pass. And then unlike. he would just occasionally just like whip out like really insane goals in really big games. And so he just seemed, seemed like the sky was the limit for him. Like, people like probably like three or four years ago like clubs were talking about buying him for like 100 million pounds like he just had like an upward trajectory and he just kind of lost his form over the last couple of years and especially last season like he was just kind of like a rotation player at best um so clearly he wanted to move out and atleti signed rodrigo de pal from udinese and he is like the argentine de bruyne if we can make that comparison if you don't include messi as just like obviously of that caliber, if not better. But mm-hmm. so with that signing, Athletics showed that they didn't really need Saul, and he wanted game time. And Chelsea, with their oligarch money, were like, you know what, <laughs> we could use a little squad yeah. depth. And I just think that I think I just think it's super shrewd business, especially considering that mm-hmm. you know it's free because it's a loan. There's an option to buy at the end of the season if both parties agree to it, and that fee is undisclosed. But I imagine it's probably not much. Um, maybe just his mm-hmm. release clause, whatever it is. I, I just think it's good business, especially considering that Man United desperately need a defensive mid and instead signed Cristiano Ronaldo and Chelsea have Ingolo Conte, Jorginho, and Mateo Kovacic, and then also signed a really, really, really good central mid. So I just think that including another player who's a little bit further down the list, um, this signing really puts Chelsea in contention for the Premier League title. And I just think that's really good mm-hmm. business. Yeah, um, you know, as as a Liverpool Liverpool fan, I was not happy with this transfer because I wanted Saul. Um, you know, there was some talk at the beginning of the transfer window that Liverpool was in for him as well. But um, of course, we know Liverpool hates you know paying money, and <laughs> FSG just hates you know the team getting better. But you know, I digress. Um, this transfer, I'm looking at it from Chelsea's point of view. I think that this really, really um, solidifies that midfield. I think that. Right now, before Saul entered this team, um, you had you know one of the world's best midfielders in Conte, and and another one in Jorginho, and then you had Kovacic, just a level below, but you know still quite up there. And then after that, there's not really much depth behind them. Um, and I think that um, you know Saul entering this team really, really put some depth in there and can you know 
um, allow Tuchel to kind of play around with his tactics. You know, he's quite a tactical coach, and I think that this signing really allows him to play around with that team. And I, so, so I know Saul also plays a little bit um, on a left back and left mid sometimes. So I think that this really just gives Tuchel a lot, a lot more weapons. And um, I just don't think he even needs these weapons anymore. But, you know, this team just is, is unbelievably stacked. It's crazy. Thank you. Thank you at least for saying that he doesn't need the weapons. We Quick shout out. Our, <laughs> our boy Justin was complaining a big Chelsea fan about how difficult it is to only have Jorginho and Conte that <laughs> arguably two are the best players in the world in their position right now. What a, what a difficult yeah. position to be in. Must be tough being a Chelsea fan. <laughs> oh my goodness. And for the, for the record, Barcelona was in for this guy too. For all of July, all we heard about was a Griezmann, Saul Niguez swap deal. And we got the worst end. We gave up Griezmann and didn't get Saul. Great. It's a great move. Yeah. Good, good move. Um, and then we'll go on to the seventh best transfer of the window. Oh, I get to announce it? Yes. <laughs> Dio Upamecano. Oh, we love we love a French center back. My goodness. Dio Upamecano to Bayern Munich for 42.5 million euro. There's not a thing wrong with this transfer. Uh, this guy was valued at 60 million at the start of the summer. Again, Byron got him mm-hmm. for 42.5. That's great. It's great business. Also, keeping with the Byron tradition of sucking up all of the talent in the Bundesliga from direct rivals. <laughs> it, it's terrible the for the game, but it is fantastic for people who want to win titles. And goodness gracious. I think uh, maybe another Bayern uh, transfer could appear on this list later with without spoiling too much. And... <laughs> This mo to just buy up the best players from their biggest rivals. Say what you want about whether it's underhanded and and whether it's a good thing for for the league, but for Bayern, goodness gracious, to get a kid like this. This kid is tall. He's fast. He's really, really fast. I'm obsessed with this kid and Julius Kunde, who I'd also love to talk about at some point. <laughs> France has about eight young center backs that could start for most club teams in the world right now. And I think Uba Makano is at the top of that list. Oh, I definitely agree with you, man. Um, actually, funny that you mentioned Juice Kunde because I think I, today um, they had a game, um, international team match for, for France. He played right back and he got a straight red card. Um, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> he was out of, he was great out of player position. though, great player. Yeah. yeah. I, um, but no, I, I will say though, just one second, Josh, I think that, Upamecano, this is a great transfer for Bayern. Um, they, you know, from from their point of view, again, um, they've lost two, you know, top top center backs on their team, and I, you know, one of them I guess is a half center back in Alaba, um, but also losing a player like uh, Boateng, who is now with uh, Lyon. They had, you know, a lack of depth in that center back position. You could see that they were going to end up playing Sula or, or Pavard in there. Um, and I just think that this transfer really, really solidifies that backline, continues his dominance of, of Bayern Munich in the, in the, in the German, German league. And um, I can really see them competing um, in the Champions League this season. I think that a lot of people are really, really focused on the Premier League teams here. But um, I think that Bayern can really come in and shock some people with um, all the talent that they have just all over the pitch. Absolutely. And if you consider that um, Upo Magana will help shield some of Zula's faults and his like flaws as a defender that they'll be sitting pretty 
And they also now have the two center back pairing that genuinely look like they could just kick your ass. They are just two massive guys. They were like the bulkiest <laughs> players in the Bundesliga, which is impressive because the German league is pretty usually stacked with big guys. Yeah, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to challenge them for an aerial. Yeah, I think I think Bayern is probably going to end up winning <laughs> the Bundesliga for the next three more years or so. Um, I really can't see competition from any other team. I mean, um, you know, Dortmund is, is losing Holland next year, I'm sure, with that release clause. Hopefully to Liverpool. You know, I'm going to throw that cheeky shout in there for Liverpool. But um, I, I really don't see any other team competing with Bayern in, in the Bundesliga for now, especially with this um, amazing player in, in, in their centre-back position. Um, but we move on to our sixth best transfer of the summer transfer window. Please take us off, Scotty. I, I can't believe this is at number six. Our our boy <laughs> CR7. Astro Cristiano City, Ronaldo, like 18, whatever number he gets. This <laughs> who today became the all-time leading goal scorer in international competitions for Portugal after a, after a brace. Oh, I watched that. That was crazy, dude. Like right before we actually recorded this episode, um, I was watching that 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 game, and 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 it was like the the eighty seventh minute when he scored the first goal, and then won the game in in, in, in injury time. It's crazy. It's, I mean, he's he's the clutchest, and you got to understand coming from a Barcelona fan how much it hurts to say this stuff out loud. But he is <laughs> he is one of the clutchest athletes to ever live. I love the juxtaposition of, of Messi, who's got this sort of gift and artistry, and Ronaldo, who just works and works and works. And he's like, I'm, I'm going to perfect this particular step over and have it so explosive and so well-timed that it's that it's not going to be a thing that you can defend under any circumstances. And then I'm a sucker for the uh, for the prodigal son return story. It's, it's really, really cool. I, I'm frustrated that he came so close to joining City. I'm... I, I, I have no skin in the City United game, but it, it grossed me out that Rio Ferdinand and Sir Alex Ferguson apparently had to call him and, and tell him not to do what he was about to do. <laughs> but That's crazy. I, I don't know why he would ever have gone to Man City. Because he's a mercenary, and he's always been a mercenary, <laughs> and he's in this for his yeah. legacy. No, the, it's, the question was not why he would go to Man City. It's why Pep Guardiola, of all coaches, <laughs> would have the least coachable superstar in the history of the game. That does not play any way in which Pep likes to play. You know, you know. I, I heard someone call Ronaldo a statue, and, and, and I think that his masterclass game today, I'm going to say there's unbelievable amount of talent in him, Like, but he is a statue now. You know, he, he I mean, I'm not going to say he just stands up top and, and waits for passes, but um, you could really see that in the game today with Portugal where he just kind of stood in the box and, and with that athleticism just reached every single header and just – the best header of balls in the world. Like, it's crazy, man. He just stays so, in the air. He floats. He levitates. And they got him for cheap, what, 25 million euros? I know he's going to take a big salary, but he's going to sell a lot of shirts. A lot of people are going to watch United games. Fans are going to love to have him back. And, you know, I, I'm not saying it's realistic, but we know United want to win not just the Premier League, but they want to win a Champions League. And I... I used to work. I used to work in Spain, and my favorite thing—they call this guy Mister Champions. That's his name, <laughs> not CR7, not CR7, yeah. not Cristiano. It's Mister Champions because this dude just wins Champions Leagues like it's his job. That's that's a great purchase. It's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think what I, um, you know, I am really excited to watch a player like this play every week because um, I know I, I mostly watch the Premier League and it's kind of tough to watch the La Liga sometimes, especially with the late kickoffs and everything. But um, it's going to suck. Also, you know, seeing a team that I don't like, having a player that I think is just one of the best that has ever existed and um, just most fun to watch. I honestly have never got as much joy watching any other player than Ronaldo. Um, and I think that, you know, the signing is great and then I get to watch that more, but also kind of sucky, <laughs> you know, watching him, you know, make, make Manchester United a better team, especially with other signings that we'll, we'll talk about in just a and second after the break. Well, real quickly, speaking of French defenders um, in serial Champions League winners, Man United also signed Rafael Varane this summer. And I believe, A, that was good business too. I think it was only 30, maybe 40 million euros. But also, like, him and Ronaldo have, like, nine Champions League titles between them, if you combine them, which is just insane. So I think that just yeah. is another t testament to man, you want to win something, so they sign people who know how to win things. If you had just Varane, Ronaldo, and Sancho, just the, just those three signings, and you filled out the rest of the team with people from our co-ed team here in D.C., <laughs> you could challenge for most of the competitive leagues in Europe. <laughs> that's that's a big, big, big claim right there. That's a big claim, Scott. That's a big claim. <laughs> Assuming Europe were also refereed by the same referees as our co-ed league here in DC. That's the that's my claim. okay. That's valid. That's valid. I, th I think that kind of equalizes just a little bit. Um, but yeah, we'll see you guys after the break. Right, and at the five spot in our top ten transfers of the summer transfer window list, um, Josh, please take us off. Yeah, we have another Bayern poaching uh, RB Leipzig um, by signing Marcel Sabitzer, the mid center mid from. Ooh, I like that first name. Yeah, Marcel, um, the the <laughs> Austrian. You know, they signed him for fifty million euros. It's weird that Leipzig would let him go for so little because he was the club captain ish like there's like two or three players that he was up but like he wore the armband a lot last season and he, he's just an all-around like incredible midfielder um he's going to give Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka some needed rest but without losing the quality by throwing in some youth player in to rotate um and he is a very good passer of the ball. He's pretty tenacious, too. If, if you watch the Euros, like, he was running around pressing like crazy. So he fits the Julian Nagelsmann, his former coach's um, style. And I think he has a couple of, like, probably two or three incredible goals that he'll score from, like, 40 yards out this season. So just be on the lookout for that whenever you see, like, a highlight where it's, like, Robert Lewandowski scores a hat trick. And also Marcel Sabitzer scores from the halfway line. So... Stay tuned for that. <laughs> yeah, I think this signing is just honestly really, really good. Um, you know, the, the midfield position um, in Bayern Munich is quite weak before he, he arrived. Um, I mean, not not weak, but, you know, with, with Kimmich and, and, and um, Goretzka. And after that, it was really... Um, well, they have Tolisso the injury, and they have... Tolisso, injured, but, but yeah, that Thomas was... Thomas Muller, but he plays more of like a center but, forward now. Yeah. 
yeah, I'm thinking, you know, Taliso was quite injury prone. Um, and, you know, while, while when he plays, he's a good, good player. Um, you know, he was, he was, he was gone for a lot of the season last season. And I know that like a player like Sabitzer coming in who can play in that center mid position, who can also play, um, and center attacking mid for, uh, for Muller and, 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 and just bringing a little bit more, more youthful legs and, and, and more running and, and pressing up there. I think that this really gives, um, the team a lot more weapons all over the pitch. And I think that this really, I think that's the biggest part in making them, um, a challenger for the Champions League this season. Crazy move financially too. I, I thought you said fifty. This is this is fifteen million euro. Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. It's. I, I think. I think that's the biggest surprise of this transfer. Honestly, is that he went for so cheap. I think that Tottenham was going in for him earlier in the window. Um. For and and, and I think the figures that I was seeing was thirty thirty five million. Um. So it, it's it's kind of confusing why he ended up going for fifteen. I mean, I guess this contract is kind of running running out now, but um, it's still quite a low transfer for um. You know, a team leaving from Red Bull for a ca- yeah for a captain, mm-hmm. he's valued at at over 40, 40 million at the start of the window. That's a crazy piece of business. Yeah, it just goes to show that Bayern can pretty much do what they they want, especially when it comes to getting the players that they want. I, I think this has this goes to show that Leipzig are probably trying to be a little bit younger. They have some young talent in the center mid, and they'll probably just sign you know a player from Harvey Salzburg to bump up mm-hmm. and fill out the, the death chart. So I think they're not terribly worried. Um, maybe they're playing the long game. But, yeah, we'll see. I think Bayern have already started the season well. I mean, they've already beaten Dortmund in the in the cup, but still. The Bayern Leipzig, really, really good. Yeah, Leipzig already sa- uh, even sa- signed a, a younger player uh, he, in, in supposed to lie. He right? likes Moriba on, on deadline day. Our, our boy and, Barcelona is right. a fantastic player. The club was really excited about him for the next five years, and instead he asked for too much money and – hired an evil agent and look where he is now <laughs> hey he gets free red bull <laughs> I mean, we'll see okay congrats you yeah. won now you get to learn german and you move from barcelona and you freeze your ass off <laughs> that's true as as far as as far as horrible physical changes in in, in your daily livelihood that that's pretty bad for me i, I would much rather live in, in in sunny warm spain than cold and and, and rainy you know snowy germany all the time but i think that as far as teams go i think that this is also a solid move for mariba and um a team that is really really good in promoting youngsters and giving them playing time um although i think it is kind of curious that he's moving now when it seems like he's going to have the most playing time he ever would have for barcelona um but that's another discussion for another day we'll go on to the next transfer um and for the fourth best transfer of the summer transfer window um Josh, please kick us off. It's the transfer that killed basically everybody last year. Jaden Sancho to Manchester United. Officially ah. happened probably about a, like a month or so ago. They finally got it over the line. Um, mm-hmm. Dortmund are very difficult, is a good way to say how they handle the transfer market. When they don't want to sell a player, they are like, you're going to meet our valuation. And if you don't, then you don't get the player. So that was basically what happened last year. I think Manu just wouldn't pay. I think Dortmund were asking for 120 million euros last year, and Manu just wouldn't pay that. This year, with the year down on his contract, and also he was kind of like spotty form wise last season, and he was injured for a little bit. The fee bumped down to a whopping 85 million euros. So still a discount, but that that's a lot of money for an incredible player. Like when Sancho had his breakout season. 
not last season, but the year before for Dortmund, he was just unstoppable on the right wing. Like, it's, he basically could do whatever he wanted to whatever team, whether it be Freiburg or it was Bayern. Like, he just, whenever he wanted to boss a game, he could. He is so incredible on the wing. He loves to take on people with the dribble. He has a really good eye for pass. And so when they brought Holland in, like, just they, they had a good partnership. And he's, he's very, very good at finding the right pockets of space to create chances or take shots. And he's, a, he's an excellent finisher. So I think, um, you know, he crossed the city United divide because he was a city youth player. But um, I think he adds so much dynamism to United's attack. And it shows that United aren't messing around. They're trying to bring back English talent that moved abroad to kind of make their name and that they're, I think it's almost like Manchester United was trying to rebrand into like the old United. Like we're going to bring English youngsters in and we're going to be good and we're going to show you how to play and not do like the Pep Guardiola style, like just spend millions Mm -hmm. of dollars. So I, I just think this is really, really good business for an even better price. So there's a prodigal son element to this one too, is there not? And that, that's very strange with the city history, having been a youth player at City, but the United fans are receiving this as though they're bringing somebody back. I get it. It's a it, it's a young English kid. He's very very exciting, although it wasn't as exciting at the Euros as we may have hoped. Mm-hmm. I I think that this transfer honestly is is really good again um and it pains me to say it every time that i'm talking about these transfers as a liverpool fan but um i really think that you know especially because rashford is going to be injured for the first four or five months of the season um he had i think it was like a shoulder issue we had he had surgery um something and 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 now he's been he's gonna be off for uh, quite a bit of time and i think this transfer kind of fills in that gap for the time being i think that the last game he started he started at left wing and I think that for now that's where he's going to play but I really can't wait to see him um, playing with Rashford on the left playing with um, Ronaldo from you know striker position and that's a scary front line I I don't I don't think that you can really um, separate them too much from um, who I think is the best front three in the world and that's you know the the front three of Liverpool but (laughs) I think I think that (laughs) I think that you know a a, a Rashford Ronaldo Sancho front three is really just right below that you know Um, but no but being serious though I think this is a really really good um, purchase and it's expensive yes but I think that when you're a team like United you get the best players you can possibly get and you know that the money's going to come back commercially um, I know that if I was li- if, if if my my club had this kind of funds, I would have loved Sancho in Liverpool. So um, great transfer. Um, I can really see him kicking on for the next few years in in, in Manchester and kind of um, pushing pushing the Premier League that little bit more. So we're not just seeing um, the two horse races like we have seen with Man United, Man City, and Liverpool for a little bit of time now. I think that now this this transfer window kind of showed that we can really expect that top four of the past where um there was the chelsea pushing there was the man united pushing um liverpool i mean i know you know decade ago that was arsenal but um liverpool and 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 man city and just pushing for that top four position all of them um could really win it just if they have a good season i think that this this transfer really pushes united up to that top echelon of the premier league and with that said we are going to the third 
um, best transfer of the transfer winner. I think that's Camavinga to Real Madrid for 40 million euros. Um, again, looking at it from the, the point of view of the buying club, I think that um, you know the Real Madrid midfield, the Madrid midfield is really old now. You have Kos and you have um, uh, you know the other the other center mids in the team. Uh, in, in, in Modric, and, and that's just a pretty old midfield. And you can kind of see them when they play now. It's at the end of the games, they lose their legs a little bit. And um, I think that with Camavinga in there, with um, Valverde, you really have some youthful legs and some um, passing ability, some ability really to do any, everything all over the pitch. Um, I don't see Camavinga coming in and being a, a midfield sitter. Um, I really see him being that kind of box-to-box midfielder, like the um, Dembele of old Tottenham, um, like Conte of, of, of new of new, Ch- new Chelsea, and just players like that that can really put up a lot of numbers in both sides of the pitch. Um, so yeah, I think this this transfer really, really like you know helps push them um, up to the top of, the, of, of La Liga, especially with Atletico really looking like the team to beat in the next season. There's a trend happening, I think, you see it with Tomiyasu. You see it with Saul. I think you could argue Sabitzer. The, I think for a while, position players were really in vogue. And we went with almost to a comical extent. Dembele is, is always the example. At, at not to mention what Josh mentioned. That, that Dortmund shanghai Barcelona for double the amount that should have been paid for him given his brutal hamstrings. But the idea that you don't need to be able to pass, you don't need to be able to see the game. If you are that fast and that good at dribbling, you can play for the best club in the world, in my opinion. And now we're there's sort of like a a balance. We're we're going back toward an equilibrium of uh you know, Tomiyasu's not fast like Bellarini, he's not the most attacking fullback. He's not mm-hmm. big like a center back. These sort of middle players Saul is the same way. I, Saul would be in FIFA. He's like a 79 in every single statistic. And a few years mm-hmm. ago, it was like, oh, so he's not good at anything. And now you're starting to see teams come around and say, except he's not bad at anything. He's got <laughs> no weaknesses. He can play everywhere. Not just where you're lining mm-hmm. him up, but in the actual game, in the modern game, where players are defending in their own box, they're attacking the other box, they're playing short corners. It, it's uh, interesting to see this. I think what you said about him being a box-to-box, Madrid hasn't used the box-to-box. I've seen a lot of Madrid play in the last seven or eight years. I haven't seen him use a box-to-box mm-hmm. in that way throughout that time. Even, you know, Modric's one of the best players in the world, but he's played high, he's played low. And I think you're absolutely right. There's a there's a move toward these jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none players, and I'm interested to see where I go. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you, man. It's, 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 it's becoming increasingly obvious that a lot of the the normal the the, the modern um, football game is really just being able to do the running, do the passing, do the pressing, have that stamina in there, um, and that's why I think you're also seeing the death of the classic number ten in the game. Like you're not seeing as much of that domination, like Ozil and um, you know who who was what was his name the um, Colombian played for center attacking mid Real Madrid. I can't remember his name. James, Jesus, yes, James. I think a lot of those kinds of players are really kind of falling out of the game because um, 
you know, they just can't keep up with the norm, with the, with the modern pressing, with the we're not with the running, with all the different abilities you need to bring to the table. You can't just have the ability to dribble. You can't just have the ability to shoot from from on goal from anywhere on the pitch. Whatever all that is, right? You have to be able to do the defending and do all of that. So I think that you're really seeing that, and and I think and also in in Real Madrid's case, um, this kind of player really um, I could see him working very well. Um, with the future purchase and, and, and Mbappe, um, both French, um, both, um, you know, re, you know, do a lot of running, both can um, link up and have that kind of instant friendship. And you can see, really see them kind of putting in the seeds of, of a future transfer. I mean, I'm, that, that might just be conjecture on my part, but um, I really can see that with this transfer as well. And we will go on to the second best transfer of the summer transfer window um scotty i think you're gonna be really excited in telling us about this one because i know that you wanted this transfer to happen so so badly right desperate they're gonna need actual machinery to get the (laughs) knife out of my back here we're we're about to talk to uh we're about to talk about leo messi the greatest Uh, player of all time to paris saint-germain uh the paris boys (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness man th- this is actually a good transfer I, it's hard for me to say it I, I it's tough for me to see Messi go for obvious reasons I don't even want to bother getting into the the feels but this is good business on both sides Paris gets a player on a free transfer who's still valued at I think 80 million euro despite his age he is still a very very serious play. I think uh, in a previous version of this very podcast that had to be tossed for technical reasons, we we <laughs> convinced Marcel to go on record and say that Messi is still the current best player in the world. <laughs> right That's right true. now. Will you will you be willing to repeat that for the people just for the record? Is that still Um I just I mean I I mean I, there's no way that I can I can't say that. You know, he's he's Lionel Messi. Um you know, I I he's Messi. Um and it has been difficult to really balanced out of my head with him being the best player in the world obviously someone that you love watching but him playing for Barcelona <laughs> um I just um you know I really had an instant dislike to the team once they you know stole um two players off of us in Luis Suarez and Felipe Coutinho but um, stole. I really think that this uh, stole I really Felipe this transfer oh my word um anyway I really think this transfer is really good um you know just on the commercial point of view on the playing um, playing field, on leadership in that team, you know, being being able to come in and say that I have won something, follow me and we will win. I think this this club has really really missed that. I think you know with this transfer, that's that's the entire goal. I mean, you can kind of see that paralleled with Juventus, with Ronaldo going to Juventus and, and trying to pull out that that um, you know Champions League win. This is this is Messi Juventus. This is. Um, you know, it, it, I feel like this is going to be a transfer that's going to be seen by many as a failure if he's not able to pull out that Champions League for for, for Paris Saint Germain. But um, regardless of that, I think that he's just going to stomp on the French league, and I can't wait to watch him just you know mess around. And I really hope he doesn't get injured um, with the hacking that goes on there. <laughs> I, but, I think this boy, is a testament yeah. to the type of player he is. But a he played defense. Like if you watch the highlights of them playing. I'm not going to pronounce the name correctly, wrong. Um, he actually, like, came from behind somebody and, like, did a really good slide tackle. And I was like, that was messy. Like, he's, he's bought in. Yeah, damn. And yeah. as another testament to just how good of a player he is, like, as soon as he was subbed on, all the PSG players are like, oh, 
Messi's on the field. So they kind of like started trying to play like Barcelona. They were trying to do like quick like one two passes and stuff, and it was just it was just <laughs> so funny to watch them yeah. just like kind of shift because they were two one two zero up anyway. So it just mm. shows that they're like in awe of the their teammates and just kind of yeah. it's almost like a respectful way of being like you're just. The, you're just the greatest of all time so like we, the we guy. have to yeah. accommodate you I, I just think this he, he adds that extra edge um, as if they needed more attacking talent and if you can do it for free then why not I think PSG this with Mauricio Pochettino as their coach I think this is a really good chance of them getting over the line in the Champions League I thought everybody tried to play through Messi except Julian Draxler and I'll <laughs> go on record right now and say that's that's the end of Draxler at PSG, likely forever. But but as a good player for this season, I don't think that you will see Julian Draxler do anything for PSG this season after after what he did. Only I've seen it happen so many times for so many years. Players show up at Barcelona and people who don't know how to play through Messi. It's not a respect thing. It's the flow of the game. It's how the it's how the game flows. Somebody has to quarterback your team. Every team has one. They play from different positions, but. He was doing his own thing and it interrupted the flow and you could see it in 30 minutes. And, you you know, to go back to the Zlatan Ibrahimovic days, what a great player Ibra was. But man, I've never seen anyone fit in worse at Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that's going to be interesting to see. I I, 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 ne- I hadn't thought about that, but um, yeah, I, I it's kind of crazy what happened to Julian Drexler's um, career. He was really seen as someone with a lot of talent and, and, and the ability to kind of get to the top, you know, best best players in the world. But, yeah, I really – I kind of see his, his days at, at Paris Saint-Germain being numbered, um, not getting a lot of playing time. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, especially now that they've kept Mbappe, at least at least for one more season. Unlikely that he'll extend. He wants to go to Madrid very bad. You mentioned that earlier. I think the gravity's pushing him toward Madrid and has ever since that – boyhood photo was taken of him in front of about 42 <laughs> posters of Cristiano Ronaldo. That's crazy, man. I, I, I think that the, the day I saw that photo, I, <laughs> I eventually understood why um, he does not care about the funds. He does not care about Messi being on that team. He doesn't care about anything. He just wants to be like his idol Ronaldo. Um, and that's respectable because I feel like I would be the same. <laughs> I should say just as the La Liga guy, the, I said this is a good transfer for everyone involved, and I really, I really believe it. Barcelona couldn't afford to keep him. the The La Liga registration rules are really intense. You've got to be able to justify your player wages based on what you bring into the club, and the combination yeah. of handling COVID really, really poorly, and also having some bad loans come due. They couldn't afford to register him even at half of his previous salary. Spanish law didn't allow allow him to reduce it more than half. So, you know, it helped. He they couldn't keep him. It was always going to be an ugly ending if they didn't get rid of him this way. He's going to sell a lot of shirts at PSG. PSG has already sold their soul to win the Champions League and not won it. So you're right. If they don't win it here, they're going to look silly. But they look silly when they spent the GDP of Moldova on Neymar and didn't win it there. And they've got him out. So this this is not going to make them look any more clown-like than they already looked. And it also doesn't hurt Messi's legacy. If he wins there, oh, look, it wasn't Barcelona. He could win it anywhere. If he doesn't win there... He's still the goat, man. He just won for Argentina. He won a million things at Barcelona. No, nobody, nobody comes out of this transfer badly except perhaps the sporting director at PSG, who already had on his red nose and his red wig and his white face paint a long time ago. 
Clown. Yes, I do not think that I disagree with much that you just said. <laughs> um, but we will go on to the best transfer of the summer transfer window, and that is Romelu Lukaku to Chelsea. Um, big Rom. I think this player is unbelievable. Um, one of my favorite players playing in the game right now. Um, I just think his play style is, is, is really cool to watch. I think that um, being able to kind of see him get better throughout his career, he really started playing in the Premier League for um, West Brom and Everton right when I really, really started paying attention to, to soccer as a whole. And um, even at that point, I thought he was, he was badass. And not just because he's black like me, but also because he is unbelievably talented. Um, big guy, pushes around defenders everywhere. Um, and that's what he's doing at Chelsea. Um, and I think that that's exactly what they needed. Um, they really needed a focal point because Timo Werner cannot handle that responsibility. It's quite obvious he's he's not a striker in that same way. He can only play as a striker with someone next to him. Um, and I think that a player like Romelu Lukaku can really bring out the best in, and Timo Werner can really bring out the best in Kai Havertz um, and that entire team, really. And it was really apparent, unfortunately, in the game that they just played against Liverpool where... Um, you know, even going a man down, they were able to use him as a focal point. Um, anytime they won the ball and, and, and deep in their in their own half, they were able to pump it up to him. And without fail, every single time he trapped the ball, he was able to do a turn. He was able to pass it back and, and, and run forward and get um, some real attacks going down, even with, um, you know, the man disadvantage. So, yeah, I really think that this transfer is what um, has really pushed Chelsea that little bit. Um, I know they won the Champions League last season, but um, you know before the before his this purchase, I really saw Chelsea as that third best team right below Liverpool. But now, <laughs> um, I really see them as you know, um, and and they're laughing and they're laughing because you know you you all don't believe in my my boys Liverpool, but um, I really see them that this purchase is really kind of pushing them to that position right even with Liverpool and Manchester City, and I think that we could really see. Um, a win from any one of these three teams and man man united is pushing it a little bit but yeah i think this transfer is great i think that his game against arsenal was probably the best indication of what he can do as a striker because on the one hand we saw what we expected like he just completely bodied pablo mari on a run into the box like i've never seen watching a soccer game professional player just completely just get like thrown to the ground legally like it was a shoulder to shoulder challenge yeah like a 10 year old and then he and then the guy who threw him to the ground scored i was like that's that's just so impressive that's lukaku but then he also yeah. in the build-up to the chelsea's second goal in that game he he showed his vision and his distribution skills like we said like he traps mm -hmm. well and he doesn't get a lot of credit for the non-physical sides of his skill yeah. set and He's a lot better of a passer than people give him credit. He's a lot better. Great passer. Understand. Passer. He like understands the game very, very well. Um, and he doesn't mm -hmm. get a lot of credit for that too. People just see him as a big body. Um, and I think this yeah. this time it's like the prodigal son a little bit because he wants to prove because he was part of that Chelsea loan system that he can actually make it at yeah. Chelsea. So he has that going for him. But also I think he wants to prove that he's not just the uh, big, strong pace striker that everybody wrote him off unreasonably the first time around in the Premier League. So I'm really excited to see him. He's a more complete player than he was. I didn't think you could say that because he was already... Definitely. He, he had pace. He had... I mean, I don't even want to say he had strength. I think he's the strongest player currently in the game. But he came back from Italy with a better right foot. 
We know what he can do yeah. with his left foot, and we know what he can do with his head, but he came back right. It reminds me, in Ibrahimovic's autobiography, he talks about what the training was like in Italy, and how he had a coach who was like, I, you know, you're going to sit in the box, and we're going to hit crosses into you until you've scored 100 goals. And you decide how many crosses it takes, but we're, until you score 100 goals, training isn't over today. And you, And that's how he gets to that sort of like, taekwondo ability to finish with every part of his body and I, i've seen that with lukaku it's, it's not it's not the same coach but there's something about that uh target man role in Serie A, despite despite ways the league has been less competitive in the last few years that i think lukaku has really been benefited from and think about the one-two punch too man with Werner, if you if you mm-hmm. put in somebody big and strong to defend lukaku who isn't pacey Timo Werner can come off the bench and he can absolutely burn you. And then he can yeah. shoot it into the stands because he is a shadow <laughs> of his former self. Yes. Then he can, he can just pass it to Lukaku, who's one of the best finishers in the game. And I think that, yeah, and just like Josh said and, and you said, Scotty, like he has all of the skills necessary to be any type of striker. You know, if you need, if you need a striker that drops deep and can pass from deep, just like Harry Kane does sometimes, or you have someone like Roberto Firmino, who do it in a completely different way, but you know, in the same sort of role. Um, this is your guy. If you want someone to play as an old school target man, just sitting up top, you know, bothering the center backs and and, and just kind of, you know, using that strength in their tall, strong bodies, like that's their guy. This your guy. And if you need someone that can run in behind with the pace, this is still your guy. He really has all of the talent, all the skills available, and um, really smart as well. I think he speaks flu- speaks eight languages fluently. So um, cool just yeah super super great player and i think that this really um might unfortunately be the top scorer of the premier league this next season oh um, but with that being said i'm gonna skip on and say you know <laughs> we're moving on to our next section of the episode with quick fire questions um after the break all right so we're back for our quick fire questions um, so my first question to y'all is, um, what team won the transfer window? Um, I know we'll start with you, Scotty. Oh, PSG. And anybody who says not PSG is objectively wrong. Yeah, so you got Ramos, Donnarumma, Messi on free transfers. Hakimi is a is a great transfer. They they paid fine money for him, and they kept Mbappe. What a statement! If they don't win the Champions League this year, everybody at that club should retire immediately. Players, staff, <laughs> fans. Uh huh. Great shout, great shout. And um, Josh, I'm a, what's team on the, on the transfer window? I'm objectively wrong. I'm going to say Swansea. We had a pretty good window, and I'll tell you why. Uh, <laughs> 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 we good one, we lost one of our best defenders to Burnley, so that shows you the level of caliber we're dealing with here. Um, we sold Connor Roberts to Burnley, but we kept our best midfielder, our captain. Fulham wanted him um, for an <laughs> abysmal abysmally low amount that we rejected, which is kind of just sad, the amount of money that we're dealing with. But we signed a striker from the Dutch League, uh, Joel Perot, who has scored like four goals in like five or six games, and we only signed him for a million pounds. We needed a striker. We actually, on deadline day, signed another striker, Michael Obafemi um, from Southampton. He, he's Nigerian? He's Irish and Nigerian. He plays for the Irish national team, but his oh. parents are Nigerian. Interesting, interesting. I was, that, that's a Nigerian last name if I've ever heard one. <laughs> but now we have two number nines. Uh, before, we literally only had wingers and Andre Ayew, yeah. who no, no longer plays for us, sadly. Um, and then we also signed Reese Williams from Liverpool. Our, he's going to be our Mark Gahey, 
who now plays for Crystal Palace. Like he, we are just so good yeah. at like signing a random Premier League top six teams like youth player to our defense, and then he just shows up and bosses the championship and then leaves. But yeah, that's Reese Williams this go around. So we're really excited. Um, I think that we got a lot stronger. We were we were linked to an attacking mid that we unfortunately didn't get because we didn't sell our other midfielder. But all in all, good window. Who you got, Marcel? Um, I <laughs> um, I think I'm gonna go here with um, Liverpool didn't buy anyone. Force. <laughs> <laughs> this is okay. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I really want to say Liverpool, but obviously it's not with just the Kanate Kanate signing. But I think I'm gonna go with Arsenal here. Um, I know it's out of left field. I know that these players aren't um, world beaters that everyone is going for, but I really think that they've quietly had quite a good window. Um, they've really kind of filled in their holes that they had in the squad. Um, you know, they still have a lot of youth players that can fill out the you know the other positions without strong players in. Um, ones that can can get even um, much better and become even world class eventually. And players like Saka. Um, I also think players like Pepe can really do well with someone like. Um, Tomiyasu playing behind him, so I really think that this 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 transfer uh, window has been good for them. Um, you know, a lot more passing from deep, a lot more um, you know strength at the back. So yeah, I think that Arsenal really is one of the transfer window, and we'll see at the end of the season when they make the top eight. I was about to say now, now they just got to stay up. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah yeah <laughs> we're three games we'll into that. the season, and they already have half as many losses as Man City had all season last year. So. They are bottom of the league. That's true. That's true. But we will see them rise up from the ashes. Um, they are they are my second favorite team in the Premier League, and I will stick Please by Please get relegated um, and let Swansea come out. <laughs> oh, swap Arsenal for Swansea. Uh, oh, Lord. All right. So we're going on to the second quick fire question. Um, so given that we all play on a co-ed soccer team together, and we've seen each other play quite a bit of times now, quite many. Does that make sense? A lot of times now. Um I think this would be a fitting question. So, you know, which player do you think the other two of us emulate the most in their style of play? And this time we're going to start out with Josh. Okay. All right. Marcel, yours is easy because you talk about this player all the time. And I do think you actually embody him a lot. Tangai and Dombele. I think I see you as, I'll take as it. a good <laughs> big bodied attacking mid. You can dribble well. Um, you're not afraid to take on three people. And score, but you're also you're also you're also <laughs> willing to pass it around and be the option. Yeah. So I, I think that fits you well, Scotty. This one was tough, and forgive Thank me you. for I was trying to think of a Barca player, but I only came up with a Madrid player. Uh, I think oh. you have a little like Angel Di, Di Maria in you. Um, I just I see you as a, kind of like the workman style winger. You, you have the capability to play on the wing, but you also are not afraid to stick into a challenge, which is a very South American trait. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't know. I just, I'm just i always very impressed when you're on the ball, and you just very, were so competent up there. So those are mine. No one's ever called me a workman in my whole life, so it makes <laughs> that's one of you. <laughs> All right, so Scotty, you up, you're up next. Oh, it's my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. All right. Well, don't get too big of a head here, Marcel, but I, I, I'm thinking Lukaku for you. I really like... Yeah. There's something about your... Uh, well, it's one, the way you make runs. You point where you want the ball. And I know he's not the only player who does that, but the but the way yeah. he does, you remind me of him, the way you point up... Because you don't, you don't just point the direction. You say where. You point to your head and then the direction or to your feet and then the direction. 
I see you yeah. cocky. And you've also got a, a similar dribbling style. Take, you, I think I feel like you touch yeah. the ball a lot when you dribble. It's like lots of quick touches and not uh, not yeah. so many feints. It's like lots of contact with the ball. So yeah. you know, you got to score well, about twice it. as many goals to to get to, to fill those <laughs> shoes. But you, you're you're well on yeah. your way. Well, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and well, thank you. Josh, I had to go no nonsense. I had to, like some sort of defender that dishes out crimes. Not not that you uh, you know, I, I needed somebody who really likes a crunching tackle but uh but isn't a but isn't a goon. Like isn't in it to hurt people. It's just I, I you know, this is my position. I play it well. So I went Ashley Williams. Ooh, I really I like, appreciate that. Ooh, thank you. Thank Swan's you. captain. He wore the armband for a number of years. I thought, I thought that was fitting. I'm, I'm flattered. Yeah, I, big, big fan. So sad when we lost him. So I'll take that. All right, all right. And I think, I guess that's that's my turn now. Um, and I think for Scotty, I was, you know, going more in the direction of which I think is pretty close with with um, Josh's evaluation of Scotty. And um, mine is Marco Royce. Um, I think that Scotty, like, you know, the way you play, you're a good dribbler, you're good, you know, you look good with the ball, you can kind of move up the pitch, um, a lot of passing. And I remember the first game we ever played together, you gave me two assists. Um, and, and, and the other game, the other game I've scored in where I scored four goals, shout, shout out, I got four goals in a game, but <laughs> I think Scotty, I think, I think Scotty provided me with, <laughs> I think Scotty provided me with at least three of those whoa, whoa, whoa. assists. Oh, I gave um, you one. Um, at least. Yeah, that's yeah. four. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, that's four right there. Look at the and goal involvement those, of the Soccer Open the, podcast host and For guest. real. Goodness gracious. Um, no. <laughs> but for real, yeah, I think you're a good dribbler. Um, can really do a bit of everything up top. I like playing with you. It's a great time. Um, and then for Josh, I think I, I, I really wanted to go with Philip Lom just because, um, you know, I really think that you're a great, like, right back that, you know, that fullback that was played a lot behind me, um, give me a lot of good passes. We have a good, a lot of interplay. Um, we kind of push up a little bit into the midfield sometimes and get some passes in. Um, so I really think that would be your, be the player I'd choose for you. But given that he does not play anymore, I think I'm going to go with um, Kimmich. Um, same position in, in Bayern, that kind of right back, that kind of, you know, can also play center mid a little bit, center defensive mid, do a little bit of the screening, do a little bit of you know, some progressive passes. Um, so yeah, that's that's the player I'm picking for you. Again, um, very flattered. Those are both well out of my league. But um, yeah, no, I. Hey, they're all way out of all of our leagues. <laughs> I was just Can thinking about like the dribbling ability that they have, and I was like, yeah, I'll get there. As for for the record, uh, Marco Royce is also like a skinny, sickly white guy with a <laughs> with a comb over and a scraggly beard. And so I just can't help but think that it's not only the dribbling that you see as a similarity. <laughs> no, it, it was it was the play it was the play style. I promise you, I was not thinking physically. But now that you say it, you know I see it. He's like, y'all could be. Let twins. me think of a player who just could be waltzed twins. right out of a, like a six week hospital stay and started doing stepovers. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's a he's a great player, man. He's a great player, legend of the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh huh. But with our last question, um, what's your favorite? drink order on a night out i'll start out um and that's a gin and tonic um no nonsense very classy first tried it in, in the uk um was blown away with how good it is and that has been my go-to forever scotty Ooh, i i i've been going whiskey with like water 
It's Ooh. gross. It's disgusting. It doesn't taste good. I don't recommend it to anybody. No, it's terrible. It's like I, I wanted an old fashioned and people are like, you're out at a bar. I'm not going to make you an old fashioned. I'm going to tell you no. But like, they're like, are you sure? Because it's going to be five minutes and it, it devolved into a whiskey water. Yeah, I got to I got oh, to move guy. to the gin tonic game. Yeah, gin and tonic is where it's at, man. I'm telling you. Uh, Sad, Josh? Sadly, I just can't do gin. I don't know what it is. Like, I think it's the junipers. Like, I just... I want mm-hmm. to like it. I want to be the GNT yeah. type of guy. In college, <laughs> I was I was very much a Long Island iced tea type of person. But uh, everyone I've gotten out here, I've immediately regretted, and it just reminded me of like past mistakes. So now, <laughs> uh, if I don't get like a margarita, I try to stick to like a tequila drink. If I don't get something like that, then I'll get like a vodka cream or something. Very very simple. Good choices, good choices. All right, but with that being said, you know, thank you all for listening to us today, and you know, an even bigger thank you to Scotty for joining us. Um, and especially as this is the second iteration of this podcast, <laughs> uh, we you know recorded an entire hour, and we planned on recording for thirty minutes, forty minutes today. That didn't happen. <laughs> um, and you know, I'm very glad he joined us today, and um, you know, looking forward to having him join us in future episodes. Um, you know, Josh, do you have anything to add for the outro? Ooh, I was going to talk about Swansea here and then I already did that. Sorry to goof. No, I'm just very happy that <laughs> Scotty came on and talked with us. Yeah. Shows that we are popular. People do listen. So keep listening. Keep, keep boosting our numbers. Yeah. Um, and Scotty, do you have anything to say? Uh, that, that was so wholesome. Thank y'all so much for having me. I'd love to come back. It was an honor to record twice. And, uh, Shout out to our to our people in Louisiana. Hurricane Ida beat us up pretty good, but but we're resilient. My ninety five year old grandmother is crushing vodka in the dark. We heard from her, and uh, <laughs> every, everybody's everybody's gonna be all right. I I, I yeah. want to be her. Yeah, she seems like a badass. Um, but anyways, you know, um, please follow the Soccer Open Twitter account at the Soccer Open on Twitter. Um, you know, take it easy, everyone, and you'll never walk. Yuck. Away. <laughs>